How you doing, everybody? Chris reinvented here with the Vancouver Film School Storyteller Studio Podcast. Today is an extra special episode because I've got one of my all-time great favorite comedians. He's actually a Vancouver guy, three-time winner of Canadian Comedy Award, host of Maximum Fun's podcast, Stop Podcasting Yourself. Did I get that right? You got it right. I did it all in one take. They yeah. called me One Take Bennett. That's that was great. Uh, I'm sitting here with the one and only comedian extraordinary, Mr. Graham Clark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I've seen you perform for, for years at all sorts of really uh, small venues, big venues. You have been doing this, this stand-up comedy thing pretty much most of my adult life. It's you, uh, yeah. I, it, I don't know how old you are, but yes. I'm 58. You're 58, yes. Yeah, and I've yeah. been doing it your yeah. whole adult life. I think, the, uh, I think what's really fascinating about uh, the work that you do, and you're the first comedian we've ever had on the show. We wanted to really dive into the craft and try to understand it. Um, you're very funny, and we're going to have a lot of links that people, when they're watching this podcast, will be able to go to check out some of your, your, your acts over the years, some really fun stuff. Um, I, I'm always curious. Like, I want to just jump right into the, the, the most obvious question. Um, is it hard to be funny, and how do you know you're funny? Do you think you're funny? Uh, I think I'm okay funny, yeah. Uh, yeah, you are. Thank you. But how do you know? Uh, you get a sense, I think, when you're young. You, you get a sense of uh, that you can do that, that you can make people laugh. I don't know when, when the first time it happened, but I think it's when you're very young you get a sense that that's like a powerful thing to be able to do. Yeah. And so uh, if, you, if you can do it, if you lean that way, uh, then you kind of you just find yourself going that way more and more. Do you remember it from from an early age? You know that 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 iconic story about Jim Carrey, who had his teacher, who at the end of class would let him stand up for five minutes if he beat right, himself. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started to feel that you know the glow of the audience and the laughter, and that's kind of how he knew he wanted to go do it. Was it like that for you? What when when did you decide it was a viable day on on career day for you? Uh, I just always thought being funny was so important uh, as a kid. I just thought it was so important and uh, everybody that I liked was funny and everybody that I felt uh, any kind of affection towards was funny. And so that just like became a, a trait that I really, I, I, I hoped that I had and also that I tried to develop actively because uh, it's something that I saw in other people and appreciated a lot. Uh, you won the, you've won a lot of neat things, but the Yuck Yucks Great Canadian uh, Comedy Award, if, am I getting that right? Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it was a, a competition. That's a hell of a great thing. There's some validation there to have won that. But you've also got a reputation around town for also being a great writer. Um, is the writing a part of the, the work? Do you do it for other people? How, how, do, you, uh, how do you distinguish the, the stuff you want to explore and develop or write for other people versus use as your own material? Oh, that's a good question. Good question. You're good at this. Thanks, Graham. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, I, I I write a lot of different types of stuff. Um, I write some stuff for television. I write some stuff for radio. I write. I punch up other people's stuff, uh, and then I write the stand up. So uh, it's all in the same part of your brain, but in sub compartments. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the stand up stuff is just stuff that happens every day. 
You know, it feels like it's the you know we talk to students. We've got a great writing for film, television, and and actually in video games here at, here at VFS. It's a mm-hmm. great program. Comedy writing is a tricky one. At, at just about anywhere, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who see that the third rail. It's a tricky one to teach. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it even can be taught. I'm curious if you think there is a way to teach comedy writing, or if it's kind of it's kind of a bit in your DNA. What are you, what are you on that one? Um, I think it's like anything else. You have to you know even teaching film stuff or animation stuff, you have to have some want to do it. And I think that's yeah. that usually springs from somebody saying, hey, you're good at that. So I think it all kind of plays backwards. Is like you're interested in it. Somebody sees that you're good at it. They encourage you to do it. And then you kind of seek out an education to flesh it out. So I think you can teach a lot of stuff, but I think you already have to be in the mode before you ever get to that. Like, no, nobody who has never played around with animation is going to come to an animation school. Correct. You know what I you mean? You would hope. Yeah. You would hope. You would hope. You really yeah. would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, just, like, you would like, already know that you were kind of good at it before you I went to so. that next level, you know? Being in the mode, as you say, um, a lot of great albums have been written while people are high on drugs or or yeah. or, or a, a, a inebriated or what have you and the like, uh, comedy tends to have this reputation of by association in that world. Do you can you can you wake up on a Tuesday morning at nine thirty and 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 start thinking about a routine or a bit and write or do you need to be in a zone or do you need to be in a different kind of headspace? Do you what what are your tricks to get there? Like, can you be funny on command? Uh... I don't know if I could be funny on command. I mean, uh, I hope you're never in a situation where somebody's commanding it. But don't uh, people do that too? They come up there like, hey, Graham, this is my friend Graham. He's a stand up comedian. Say something funny. Yeah, and then you I, don't want, that, right? I don't want to talk to that person. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you love that, I'm sure. <laughs> Tell me a joke right now. <laughs> but like, as far as the, the headspace thing goes, there's some comics that they wake up at 9 o'clock and it's like a day job for them. They sit at the computer and they just start writing about a topic until they strike gold. Other people, you just kind of have to just go out and live your life and make sure you have a notebook with you at all times. And uh, it's it's as different as the person. It's uh, It really, like, I, the, there are different schools of thought on how to write and you, do you re- are you saying proverb you know figuratively or literally? There's a, a notebook you carry. Is that the yeah trick? yeah absolutely. like literally yeah? Um, maybe you'll share share a, a page of it, and then while you're talking, I'll flash to it uh, so people might be able to see. It. Well, what yeah, if, it's a, just on my phone right now because I left the notebook notebook right. at home. But yeah, but, but would it make like what, do you have your own shorthand that Graham gets? Do you, do you do yeah? You, like what's in your opinion? Maybe maybe this is what I'm trying to ask. What's a how how is a good joke constructed in your point of view? And again, when I watch your stand up, it does not appear accidental. It appears uh, certainly um, unrehearsed in a good way. Good, right? Like it feels natural, right. but it doesn't feel like you are just winging it. There, 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 there's some of your observations. I think, nah, he had to have, have put some thought to that routine and the transitions. I'm assuming that's true. Or do yeah. you do you ever just freewheel it like that yeah i like to go my personal way of doing it is i like to go on stage with an idea and then the the pressure cooker situation of being on stage in front of an audience forces my brain to 
make the connections and and figure out the punchline a lot faster than if I was just sitting in a room doing it by myself. So yeah. getting up on stage is a big part of the writing process for me. Yeah. But other people, they by the time they hit the stage, the joke is fully written, and that's the way it's going to be, and they'll they'll adjust it based on response. But really, they've written the joke, and that's that's the way it is all the way down the line. But for yeah. me, it's uh, I have an idea, and I have an idea where I want it to go. But if the audience isn't interested in that direction, I'll go. Where they're interested, right? And, and, see, you, and you feed off, I guess, where the laughs or the yeah. they, they take you, and you to keep going. And yeah, I think like Seinfeld, uh, Jerry Seinfeld said that a good comedy act is like a conversation with the audience. So you're putting something out, and you're getting something back from them, and that kind of feeds that lets you know you're going in the right direction. So if you right. if you say something, you get nothing back. You're you're going in the wrong direction. You've said it's not that you've done something wrong, but it's just you haven't got the audience kind of responding to you, and so you can't build. If the audience doesn't respond to you, you can't build to that next level. So you have to figure out level one. Gotcha. And then you know once you get that response, then see maybe I push it a little further. See if I get a response off of that. Maybe I take it this way, take it that way, and see if the audience sticks with you. And then, and that you know, it becomes the, the they hold your hand through that where you're going to focus or take it. Longer. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, and they'll be very an audience will be a hundred percent honest because yeah. they don't they don't owe you to laugh or to say that's good. They don't know you. They want you to do well, yes. but they have no obligation to make you do well. What a career! I mean, like next to acting, I can't think of any job where you are daily or nightly as it were faced with the the potential for absolute failure like yeah. um and the, the 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 balls it takes to get up there and do it uh i've seen people bomb who i know are funny yeah and, me too and uh i'm always empathetic um thinking wow you, it, it's not an easy gig um surely there are easier career paths could you have you even ever even envisioned doing anything else or is this just this is what graham has got to do uh I've envisioned other things for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it's not always going well. So you envision yourself doing other stuff. You sure. Know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't, it, it, for me, it's not, it's not hard to get up in front of people and do it. It's like, to me, a hard job is a coal miner. Like, that's, that to me is a hard job. Yeah. You know, like somebody who's, got to go and drill concrete at six in the morning. That's a hard job. Getting up on stage in front of people is, sure. to me, is the easiest thing in the world. Uh, I'm talking to Graham Clark, a comedian, uh, one of Canada's best. And if you haven't heard of him, you just haven't heard of him yet, uh, I'm, I'm encouraging you to push pause on this audio or video podcast. Go to any of the links we put below here and watch some of Graham's stand-up before you come back to the rest of this interview because I really want people to appreciate your style and your comedy. It's very personal for lots of people. We all have taste, right? Just yeah. like fashion and food. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do find a lot of people around town when I ask who they like or who they've seen, your name always comes up across a whole mix of interesting people. Old oh, and that's young. really nice to uh, hear. Yeah, I, I would think you'd be really happy about that. I it's am. um, when when in comedy, Graham, I want to ask you. This is something I was really curious for your perspective on. There's been a lot made of, um, especially in the last few years. The the there was a great documentary of, uh, that had come out a short while ago um, that was talking about the history of of anti-Semitism and the Holocaust and comedy and mm -hmm. how the Jewish culture 
has always sort of reached to comedy mm-hmm. to to help you know through 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 that kind of hardship and those issues and the pain and that how it's important to laugh at ourselves and and what where are the boundaries of of taste and good jokes and good humor and I wondered if in your in, in your you know you've been doing this for over fifteen years right I yep. mean uh, probably close to twenty years now coming up um, yeah. you certainly have probably brushed up against issues and ideas once upon a time you couldn't even think about making a joke that had AIDS in it. And now sure. it, it, you can go there. What's the, what's the going rate on when, will, will, will hashtag me too ever be funny? Or, or is, is, is it, is it about just waiting until we, it, it's history or is there something that, when do you decide when to go up to close to the line and when do you pull away? Uh, for me, it's again, the audience uh, gets a big say in it. So if, if you can, if you can take any, you know, controversial kind of bit of um, news or something that's going on in society, if you think you've got a good, clever twist on it, the audience will let you know, yes, you do or no, you don't. Uh, And so, you know, um, I don't think anything is off limits, but uh, you have to be very clever. And, uh, you know, the people who are clever, they get away with it. And you kind of say, how... Well, how does how does so and so get away with it? Somebody like Anthony Jeselnik is somebody yeah. who routinely says just some of the most awful things, and he gets a whole breadth of people. I laughing. find him very funny. He's very funny. Yeah, but he is very clever. Yeah, he's incredibly clever, and so he doesn't take the most obvious punchline. He's figured out. He walks you around the long way. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's yeah. figured out. The context thoughts in and which, prayers, I think, is maybe one of the ten best of the decade. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's able to do it. He's even said he's able to do it because of the culture that exists now, not in spite of it. If the if the kind of culture, the sensitivities of the day didn't exist, there is no Anthony Jeselnik. Right, he knows that, and so he knows exactly the notes to hit. He's very smart and. Like I say, if you're going to try and uh, wrestle with something very controversial, it had better be clever. Don't take the lazy route because uh, the audience will hand you your ass for that. I I know you've got a great Just for Laughs quiz show. You're doing a big event coming up on uh, February 22nd, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll post this but for uh, for, uh, information for people there. But if if that date has passed and you are watching this... Uh, I want to give you a little a, a quick quiz uh, back and forth here now. Tell me quick if it's funny, not funny, or not funny yet. Okay. Let me throw a couple at you. Here. Sure. Just I want to see where the lines are. Uh, coronavirus. Uh, c- that could be funny in the right hands. Could be funny. Sure. Uh, yeah. H- Harvey Weinstein trial. I think some people have already made some pretty pretty good jokes about about the Harvey Weinstein thing, about him himself. Sure. And uh, I think, yeah, I've seen some comedians have some success with it. So I think, yes, I think that's... Good. Yeah. This is great. This is really helpful. Uh, Justin Trudeau's beard. Uh, Definitely. Out of the gates. Yeah. It was ready to... How did nobody... How did his PR people not think this was going to be a punchline? The thing that's funny to me is because there's like this ongoing uh, thing online that uh, Justin Trudeau's dad is actually uh, Fidel Castro. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. there's... I've heard this. It's wild to uh, have that kind of in the background and then grow a beard. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's a, <laughs> Like if he showed up in military fatigues, it would be... 
Someone photoshopped that immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, to see, yeah, yeah, I need yeah. to see the side by side. That was my reaction when I saw him with a beard. I was like, well, you're really courting this now. They really are. Yeah. Uh, pay equity in the workplace, women not getting equal pay to men. Uh, I think, especially for uh, women comics, this is this is ripe territory to, sure. to dig into. Absolutely. How do they do, by the way, in the, in the comedy world? Is it, is there, a, what's the pay, the pay uh, parity? Is there any? Is it, a, what's the gender uh, gap, if at all? I assume that it's the same problem in comedy that it is in every other business. Um, but, uh, but you have not championed that cause and asked? Well, the thing, the, the difference is it's not a uh, pay scale. It's about bookings. Right. More than anything. So I know for sure I've talked to many uh, women comics that uh, wouldn't get booked at clubs that their peers who are men would yeah. get booked at. Uh, so I know that it exists, but it's everything so fragmented in the business. There's no there's no HR department. There's right. no uh, president of comedy to talk to. So kind of club by club, <laughs> absolutely, There's uh, that kind of stuff is going on all the time. Uh, Michael Jackson, the, the Dave Chappelle, you saw the Netflix special, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Too 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 soon where he went. What was your take on his his whole position on the 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 allegations of Michael Jackson and the the, the alleged victims that called him out? I mean, people did you laugh? Like, I, that wasn't my favorite part of his special. I liked that special a lot. Yeah. Um, and Dave Chappelle again, very clever, funny guy, and he's also a guy who his. He's he knows that he's provoked. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's he grins when he does it on stage. He knows when he brings up the Michael Jackson documentary. He knows that that gets people's back up. He knows it. That's what he's doing. He's doing it on purpose to create an atmosphere where when he delivers that punchline, the release is so much bigger than just somebody talking about. Uh, you know, their favorite type of coffee. You know what I mean? Like he's Airplanes, building up a suspense yeah. and then... Totally. Yeah. And he's he's a master at it. So, you know, I know what he's doing the whole time he's doing it. And people that uh, get upset, I'm like, don't you see that this is... He is on purpose trying to rankle you. That's exactly the point. Yeah. That's that's what he's that's what he's up to. He's... he's uh... <laughs> he reminds me of Bugs so, Bunny. And he's so good at it. Yeah, he's so good at it. But he's even said that he takes inspiration from Bugs Bunny. And I'm like, he is Bugs Bunny to me. He's, aren't I a stinker? You know, I've done this on purpose. And there's, there's to your point, there's no president of comedy. No. And I think that's a great point. But there is a, uh, a, a, a opinion master general because at a certain point, I mean, Louis C.K. is still struggling to book gigs within North America. So oh, he's not struggling. He's doing just fine. Is he doing okay? He's doing just I fine. Had, I had read he was in Europe and he was well-received there, but he, maybe he made, a, he made a joke about his struggles because of all that. So do you think that – has he weathered that? Like the, the, the opinion master general of the media at a certain point, do they do – they, to you when you're live in the crowd, that they take you down the path and, and you know where you can take them and where you can't. Mm-hmm. But when, when does a certain you – know, will, will Louis have redemption in your eyes? I mean what a brilliant writer. Can he, can he rebound from that? Uh, I don't think that he's sought any kind of redemption. He hasn't, you know, he, he made kind of a, a half apology for, yeah. for what he did and he hasn't sought any kind of redemption beyond that. So I don't, 
I don't know that there's any redemption due sure. if you're not seeking it. Uh, but he his he'll be fine. He 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 of course had that 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 comedy that he he almost became it to a certain point. I think if things had not been interrupted as they were, he probably would be up there with with some some fairly compelling actors who have transitioned. Like Sandler, he's doing some pretty good acting right. for a comedian. Um, why aren't you an actor? Do you ever think of yourself as an actor? Not at all. Why? I don't. You'd be good at it. I don't think I would be good. I've tried it. I'm not the first person to say this either. What do you tell people when they ask you? That? Uh, I've tried it, and I'm not. I'm I'm very convincing uh, with my own material. Yeah. Uh, but uh, interpreting other people's words is difficult. It's a it's a very specific skill, and so my hat's really off to actors because I can't. I can't breathe life into other people's words the way that a good actor can. Um, when you look at your peers, how many of them over the years have attempted to, to, to cross over into that space and maybe even done it successfully? Is, there, is it just a perception that eventually a really great comic could be a really great comedic actor? Or is, yeah. that, uh, is that incorrect? I think that's the perception. I think that yeah. if, if you're funny one way that you can be funny every other way. But I don't think that's true. I think some of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen would make miserable actors. Right. And uh, some of the kind of middle-of-the-road uh, stand-ups that I've encountered over the year are great actors and hilarious on screen. Or maybe uh, a person is more of a writer. And so, you know, they do stand-up, but that's only because that's the only way they could figure to kind of get out there yeah. and write jokes. But then you kind of get like, not only are you a good writer, you could write jokes for somebody else because you're such a powerful writer, but maybe you're not a born performer. So it, it kind of runs the gamut. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and it doesn't interest you at all. Do you, do you, do you talk to uh, comedians who are thinking, when they want your advice, you know, one starting up now, like you're, you're officially probably in I can give advice territory. I could. I try not to, but I could. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you say when 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 the when you you encounter someone that's thinking of wanting to break in and they want some tips or they're thinking of making this the the, the ultimate path? What's your, what's your response? Do you, do you talk them into it? Do you, do you what are the cautionary tales you would ever give? Of if any of of stand up or comedy in general? Yeah, stand up. Um, you know, I think if you are compelled to do it. Uh, through for whatever reason, then you owe yourself uh, to try it. And if you really get something out of it, keep doing it. And then if at any point you feel like I'm not getting that same juice out of it, quit because it is so hard to keep going. Oh, yeah. So if you don't have that constant kind of fuel to do it, uh, then don't do it. That, that's also fine. It's fine to do it. It's fine to not do it. But uh, if you feel that need, like you, like I really need to try it out, try it out, and see if it is actually the thing that yeah. you hoped it would be. When you're writing new material, you're working on a bit, and you're getting ready for it. Um, do you have a, a a a comedic board of advisors? You bounce things off. Do you keep it really locked up, and you just let the audience be the test group? How do you how do you prepare before you release new material? What's your what's your approach? Uh, like I say, I like to get up on stage. I like to try it in front it of different there. types of audiences. Um, you don't call a buddy over and say, run it through in the living room lounge first? No, but I know a lot of comics that do. Yeah. And I know the, the backstage at a comedy show is great 
because you can go up to another comedian and go, have you heard this before? Or uh, do you think this is funnier if I say it this way or that way? And they'll they'll give you that feedback. That's kind of uh, just kind of a courtesy that every comedian pays to every other comedian is uh, let me bounce this idea off of you. Right. And, you know, you don't have to laugh because you, you kind of it's like um, – you you know all the tricks, you know, but you can say that's funny. You hear that a lot. You hear that a lot backstage with comedians, them saying that's funny. And is it funny? Like, I would think that when you are backstage and somebody's like, yeah, that's funny. I guess it's just trust. They're not, no one's back there humoring you. I would find that incredibly nerve wracking when you're even about to go on and what you go here, I'm going to do this bit on Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But that, I, I don't think a comedian will ever say that's funny if, if they it's don't, not. if it's not, they'll say, "What about what about this?" So I guess the culture then is incredibly uh, um, friendly, supportive. Do you find um, when you're on the road and you're traveling and you're doing it, um, what's that culture like with other comedians? Do you all know each other? Is yeah. it uh, do you do you look ahead at the booking to see who's there and watch their stuff? Is it what's it like? I picture it. Uh, very casual from what I've seen. Is that accurate? Yeah. And you don't see everybody all the time uh, because it's all spread out. Right. So you'll run into somebody like this past weekend. I did a gig with a guy I hadn't seen for six years, I think. Yeah. And uh, you just kind of pick up where you left off. You know, you all you know, all the same people you've been through the same experiences. You've all done the same gigs. And so there's this kind of instant repartee uh, between comics. Um, but uh, like, like I say, you don't see them all the time because they're on this gig, you're on that gig. But when you come across them, yeah, it's... it's uh, have, you, you, have you got a booking agent? You must work with someone that for over No, years. I basically do it all myself. Uh, why? Why? Why don't you go that more uh, uh, booking agent route like some? Is that intentional? Because you, you, I mean, you've done HBO, you've done Just for Laughs, you've done Yuck Yuck. You've got a, you've got a really great career there. Is that just your style? Is that your mo? Do you recommend that? Um, it's just you know what? It's more uh, living in Canada than anything. There's not yeah. a ton of in any uh, level of show business in Canada. There's just not a ton of it. So you kind of have to figure out your own way into and around it because you're in Canada. It's a, it's a different, it's not like America or Britain or any other kind of uh, big entertainment market. Canada is its own weird kind of place. Um, talking about funny with Graham Clark, stand-up comedian, uh, all-around hilarious guy. Do you watch funny stuff? Talk to me about what you think is funny, who you think is funny right now. TV, um, stand-up, any of it. Who do you like? Who do you not like? Uh... The guy who that I see regularly clips of is a guy from the States named uh, Kyle Dunnigan. Kyle Dunnigan. And he is, he just, just like anything in uh, comedy, something about the way he crafts a joke gets me every time. He's just, he's just so funny and so different. If we could link to one comedian you want us to check out that you think is funny, you'd put his name up there? For I would put his name up there, yeah. Just because every time I watch him, I laugh like a crazy person. So, uh, Larry yeah. David, you find Larry David funny? Larry Curb, David's very funny. Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, you I like, love it. Like all that? Yeah. Uh, 
Eddie Murphy still funny? Eddie Murphy was before kind of my time. Like I, he was always a guy that people I took it from people at face value that he yeah. was funny. But all of this SNL, and... I didn't think it was that funny. This Saturday Night Live when he came back. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. It felt like they were just rehashing skits he did thirty five years ago. Sure. And I don't know. I felt like it's like you say that the audience won't laugh if they don't want to. I, I I would disagree with that. I've been to places where you almost feel compelled to laugh, like you have to laugh. Right. Like you're almost like, if I don't, this poor guy is not going to make it, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what it felt like. Like, well, I think it's because everybody is so happy to see him back. You know, he's somebody that... You want him to be funny. You want him to be funny, and SNL was trying to get Eddie Murphy back for decades, and uh, he he kind of was not interested, and he uh, went back, and I just think people were so stoked that... You know, they're laughing. They're having a great time. You can convince yourself yeah. you're having a great time, especially if you've paid a lot of money to go see a thing or whatever. For sure. You know, you can really uh, trick yourself into that. So if it wasn't good, I didn't see it. But uh, I didn't think so. Yeah, then, you know, it might have been a lot of people who were just like, I'm glad to see this guy here. I think um, I think talking, talking comedy with you right now, um, what did my wife and I just – we we found it randomly. It was Jeff Ross. Yeah, roasts policemen. Oh yeah. Did you see this? Are you familiar with this? You heard no, of it? I've seen him do uh, work at like a prison, and yeah. he did also. Yes, um, it was at like the that. Border. Yeah. So yeah. this was. I think this is like uh, Jeff Ross goes through all the different. Yeah, yeah. Pl- he did a room of cops, like Boston cops. I think it was. I think it was Boston cops. Good God. Yeah. The balls on him. I mean, Roastmaster General and all that. Yeah, yeah. But to go into a room full of cops and really hand it to cops. Yeah. And it was funny. And he broke them. He got through. He made them laugh. He's yeah. very funny. Is the the roast is its own style of it comedy. Absolutely you talk, is, you talk yeah. about all the genres, you know. I think with the exception of Carrot, Carrot Top, there's probably not a lot of prop comics left. But it's Which out there. Which is weird to me because Carrot Top's so successful why wouldn't there be 10 Carrot Tops? Do you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. Carrot Top has had nothing but success his whole career. Yeah, he still sells out the 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 Luxor like nightly. Yeah. yeah. And so why aren't there more? Yeah. I don't understand. I've never like understood that. Gallagher and then Carrot Top. And Carrot Top and then no other Yeah, that person. is weird. It's weird. But do you think he's funny? Uh, he's never been my thing. But, but he sells it out, right? He does, absolutely. Yeah, and, cool. and, my friend has seen a show and said it's the most mind-blowing live show he's ever seen. So you got to- I mean, I've seen it on YouTube. I went, I get it. Yeah. It's clever, and he does funny, but and it's I didn't want to go. If someone gave me tickets, I probably wouldn't go. I would definitely go. Yeah? Yeah. I would go to an after party with him. <laughs> I sure. Would, I would like to do that. Yeah. No, but I would go see Carrot Top Show. Absolutely. I find that the, um, the one that really I struggle with, and I'm glad it's over- and I could never figure it out, was uh, The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. That show, like, winning Emmys, and, I, you know, I, if I get hateful comments now because I'm about to trash that show, I found the, the, the sitcom formula of comedy writing mm-hmm. extremely not funny, and I struggled with why I, I was so disconnected from clearly millions of people that found it hilarious yeah I, I like i i just looked at it and then the one i watched yesterday because it came up in my netflix feed was that that stupid one with ashton kutcher it's his sitcom about a ranch and he has it with uh, the ranch I think the ranch yeah. yeah 
and it is feels the same way. It is just like set up for the joke punchline. Here it comes, sure. and then you, you, when you don't know if it's a live audience or a laugh track, it's it's a problem. Yeah, is we've got, and then on the other extreme end, you've got shows like like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, or you've got you know all these other sort of really really ballsy new comedy shows that are all in a whole different vein. Why is the sitcom? What's wrong with people? Is it just does it deserve the same respect as all the others? Why why is that funny to people? Uh I don't necessarily know why it's funny to people, but I think like any show that you watch a lot of, it's there's a level of comfort to watching it. So I think uh, whether or not it's funny is almost besides the point. It's uh, are you are you comfortable watching? Like it? if you watch old Three Stooges. Sure. Are you, do you think that's funny? I, like, I'm not a, the biggest Three Stooges fan, but I, I watch old Marx Brothers movies and I think those are hilarious. Like, how hilarious? Like, are you like, like losing it? Or are you like, yeah. Like, that's funny. They're, like, they're funny. Like, the, the Marx Brothers are like properly funny. Like, you laugh out loud for you. L- yeah, laugh out loud. Yeah. Hmm. You're more sophisticated than me. I don't laugh out <laughs> I don't, I don't laugh out loud to the Marx Brothers. I love Lucy. I don't think it's that funny. But, but, was, and I get it, it was a generation. Yeah, it was a generation. But but there is then I could go back to But Lucille Ball is very funny. Like she maybe. I've seen her on roasts and I've seen her Oh yeah, sure, sure. She's like she's funny. Mean, yeah, yeah. But that's like back when they were doing the what like the Dean Martin roasts. Or yeah, even before that, the yeah. Friars Club roasts. Sure, yeah, 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 right, right. Those are funny when you get them out of that space. But there is something about the the joke, the comedy. I think there has to almost be a uh, an unrehearsed. Or a, there, there, there's an art to it. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly explaining it, but I know you get what I mean. But and comedy. Uh, my friend uh, Cliff Nestroff wrote a book called The Comedians, and one of the things that he points out in it is is that comedy is generational. So your sure. yeah, what's yeah. funny to your kind of generation is not necessarily funny to the next generation. Uh, and what's funny to them may not be funny to you. And so comedy does have a way of being very generational. Like, I don't expect a kid now to get why I thought Seinfeld was funny, that like the TV show Seinfeld. I wouldn't think, if I showed that to a kid, I wouldn't be surprised if they I don't were know. like, my, this my, is not funny. I, I know, I get your point. Uh, my 11-year-old, Fox, he, he loves John Mulaney. Sure. He finds John Mulaney very, very funny. Sure. And like pre, he, you know how he'd just done that kids thing on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Like long before that came out. Yeah. Like was into John Mulaney stand up. And he had, and he, we, we, my wife and I had exposed him to a lot of uh, HBO type stuff. That sure. That was funny. And he got it. I, I, I think. Kids can be trained to have an appreciation for good comedy. I don't disagree. When yeah. he, wa- if I was to go back and do reruns of The Fresh Prince, he's like, I don't know. I yeah. Don't, I don't know if that's that funny. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I feel like uh, maybe the audience is getting more sophisticated. In your view, is 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 there more options in front of us? Like when you go through Netflix and you see all the, the stand-up comedians that you can be served up mm-hmm. from 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 Joe Coy to, to, to Bill Burr and all, all around, Todd Glass, all these crazy names. Is it just now we are playing to a, uh, a personality that we resonate with? Or do you think that each of them represents a, a new emerging discipline or genre of comedy in your view? Um, I just think what you're going to see is the next generation, like people who are your son's age, yeah, uh, 
they're going to have this bizarro, uh, like completely unpredictable sense of humor because they've ex been exposed to all this stand-up and they've been exposed to all of the YouTube stuff and they follow people on TikTok and they understand memes and that they're going to be, uh, they're kind of on a level that I can't even appreciate because I'm too old. I'm too old to sure. understand. But, you know, they understand the kind of like meta jokes that are in the Simpsons and they've like turned them into memes and turned them in, turned those memes into other memes that they understand. They have like reference points that are four or five generations removed from the actual reference itself. <laughs> right, right, right. And so their, their sense of humor, their comedy is going to be like this mutant form of comedy that uh, like you and I and everybody our age is going to eventually say, I just don't get it. Right. And you won't because the kids will have figured yeah. out some weird form of comedy. It's like music. I feel I, I always thought I was really eclectic and open-minded to music. Sure. I, I pride myself on it. In fact, I, I realize I don't even like Lil Uzi and I don't understand. <laughs> sure. Like when, what's his name, Juice World? that guy died? Yeah. I was... I'm like, who? I don't really know anything that Juice World. And that's fine. And I, and I, yeah, but I feel like if I was truly open-minded to it, I would have gone to explore it. And maybe I should explore that new comedy. But I just can't bring myself. And I feel like that's the curse of every generation. We tell ourselves sure. we're not open to it. And I wonder if I'm missing all this great music or comedy, as it were, in this you, case. right? Like who, You will be missing stuff that's really great. But you'll have to, just like any other search for something great... You're gonna have to go through a lot of really bad stuff to get to yeah. that great kind of uh, nugget that you. Here, have. Here's my comedy tip that I'm gonna give to you. When you're on Netflix, if you want to know if it's a good special, mm -hmm. you know when you hover over the 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 thing to play it. Yeah. And if you wait a minute, then it kicks into the pre-roll. Yeah. And it does a little thing. If they show one joke, it's gonna be a good comedy special. Oh, that's a, that's if, a good tip. If it is multiple jokes, like they cut through and barely finish it, and they try to get, they try to show you four different laugh lines, right. it's going to be bad. Right, because because they were they don't have enough trust in the joke to just let it stand on. Try, its own. try that at home and let me know if, if if this rule rings true to you. Because I that's have, good. my wife and I figured out that's they're, they're hoping you'll win on one of these jokes. Yeah, or we're going to gamble it all on this one thing that that Bill Burr says. Yeah, we think you're going to be hooked. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, Ken Jong. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, late night sets that I've seen in uh, recent years. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he did his entire set about why is everybody so uh, down on Guy Fieri, and it was <laughs> his whole set was why what did he do that's so wrong, and he makes this beautiful argument about why. The, Guy Fieri has never done anything wrong. If anything, he's done a lot of things very right. Very successful guy. Very successful guy. Helps small businesses. Sure. Uh, you know, has, has been uh, kind of pulled himself up out of obscurity. And, yeah. And uh, it was – but that – his whole set was just about that. And it's one of the most memorable late-night sets I've ever seen. So having that confidence, like you say, in the one joke – is everything. When that's interesting too because I wondered, you know, as you're working out material on stage, talking comedy tips here with with Graham Clark, do you you you, you kind of practice it out on the audience. 
and you, you get a feel for where they laugh. Maybe you can you can play with the, the the setup or whatever a little bit more. How many nights in a row, or how many how many uh, bookings will you keep working on the joke before you go? This thing's, yeah. not, this thing's not gonna land. Uh, I always stuck with. Uh, there was a comedian named Stephen Wright. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Wright said, "If it's funny three times, it's always funny. If it's not funny three times, it's never funny." So three seems to be the magic number. If you if it works. Two out of the three, you can keep going. But if it if tip. it stinks three times, let it go. Don't throw it away because that tag, that punchline, that premise, you'll use it somewhere else. Uh, that's the great thing about comedy is it's a it's a real recycler's uh, market. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Dane Cook for a minute. Sure. Uh, Dane Cook burst onto the scene like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and we're talking like went from Comedy Cellar to Madison Square Gardens, yeah. two nights of bookings, like Kevin Hart status within months. This album went huge, his yeah, first yeah. one. Um, we see that sometimes in comedy. An album can all of a sudden like just launch you into the stratosphere. Yeah. Um, and then he did a follow-up, and it was big. And yeah. then a third, and then nothing, gone. Right. What um what's your take on that? Is there always the, you know, assuming assuming no personal stuff uh, we, that we're, we, we're not aware of, is there risk of burnout in comedy? Like, is the is the is the need for fuel to be funny, uh, is it a commodity that is that is in, in in short supply? Like, what why why do you think something like that happens? And how do, how does somebody go that big and they don't stay up there? That's really and barely see him now booking doing clubs. Well, he. Uh, he's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. Dane Cook's doing fine. Yeah. Um, he, like any comedian, there's this kind of weird thing that happens is your first album is the result of, you know, 10 to 12 years of you doing stand-up. Of course. Yeah. And then the second album is the result of maybe two years. And the third album, you know, if you're hot, you got to get those yeah. albums out. You know, there are some... Uh, comics that are putting out a special or an album every two years, that's a crazy pace. Because when you think about that first album taking a decade to to shave down the the sharp edges and figure yeah. out exactly where the gold was in every joke, uh, you do get better at it over time, but not to that acceleration. Sure. So, you know, I would argue any comedian has that same kind of problem is if you hit with that first special or album or whatever, uh, the second one is going to be, they're going to want it a lot faster. But I think to your point, he was, I, I, my wife and I saw him in LA, uh, I don't know, two, three years ago mm -hmm. at a, at a club, uh, was sort of a, a surprise guest. Sure. It was great. It was as funny as ever. And I'm yeah. thinking we, I, I always liked him. I found him very funny. And I wondered why all of a sudden it seemed, I don't have any, empirical data for mm -hmm. for this beyond sure, sure. he's not i didn't see him at madison square garden no 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 right? yeah the, and 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 something happened there and i wonder like the audience can be really fickle with their comedians which surprised me or the perception of that and i i wonder if you uh do you do you engage a lot with your fans before or after shows what's your social media like with your fans you know there's a lot of people that want to come up and, and and touch you and 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 tell you you must feel the love of that after a show does it translate over time and they all they've been watching you for years like that. Uh, yeah, I like I like hanging out after a show and saying hi to people if they wanna if they wanna do so. If they don't, that's fine too. 
Um, You're not offended. Not at all. <laughs> no way. You've you've done. We've had our trans. It's not Comic Con. You don't yeah, have to exactly. sign anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'm not. Uh, there's a lot of comedians that sell albums after shows or sell T-shirts or whatever, and I've never done that. So Why not? Uh, I just uh, laziness, I guess, is probably <laughs> probably the answer That's to that. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I would buy your clothing. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll, I'll print off a one-only shirt for you. Please do it. <laughs> I, I'll I will wear it on this show. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, but you know, with uh, in regards to uh, you know Dan Cook, he he like I say, he belonged to a generation. Uh, of young kids that had money to spend to go see a guy at Madison Square Gardens. Right. Those people are not all now adults that have kids and can't, you know, would have to get a babysitter to go see Dane Cook. And so he's not playing. He's not playing the big arenas because you need fans that have money and the ability to go see you at. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but, so it's the same with, like, Kevin Hart. He's got, like, very young fans. As those fans age, they won't they, – they'll be like, I don't know. You know, I got to get a babysitter and I got to drive down and I, we can't drink him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like speaking, – Speaking of Kevin Hart, um, you obviously you remember the controversy about the old tweets he did or whatever, and he, he was going to host the Oscars and he didn't. Um, did you ever go back on your old material as a comedian and go, oh, that's not funny anymore, or yeah. wh- whether it was like wrong to say it, or just generally you don't find it funny. Do you go back and look at the old work, or ever? Uh yeah, I, I look at it. I don't. Uh, do you read do the I... comments? Oh God, no, 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 no! They're... You can't. No, no. There's no. I'm not even going to read them for this one. Yeah, no. There's no, no anything to be gained in the comments. I, I mean... asked Dylan not to tell me. They are terrible already, <laughs> dude. We don't yeah. read them. Yeah, and I get it. Because it's the satisfying thing of like, um, you know, being at the back of the classroom and nobody can tell that it was you that made that right, comment. Right, right. So I get it. I get why the the comment section is the comment section. But I don't spend any time in the comment section. It's bad. Do you think you're impr- <laughs> Do you think you're improving? Like- uh, I hope so. I better be. I better be because otherwise, well, there's what's you can't. You know, level out. I don't think you are, but I don't. <laughs> but, I, but I don't mean it like I don't mean it like you're you're getting worse. I mean it like I've seen I've watched you for over over ten years, and I find you're consistent. You have a, a style that I know I'm going to get when I go see you. Right. You're, you're not all of a sudden doing like uh, you know roasts of people. You're not all of a sudden a cruel asshole com- com- right. comedian pointing out people in the crowd that are handicapped or something. Sure, sure. Like I know if I go see Graham Clark, it's going to be. A, a type of comedy that I find funny. So in that sense, maybe what I'm saying is it's not that you're not improving. Good. It's that you're you're not evolving. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like does it and and do you are you aware of that? Do you find your colleagues do that? Do you or is it important to stick to do you even do it consciously at all? Not evolve. Uh well, it's the the thing is like in the past, I would say five or six years, I've gone to a lot of uh, fringe festivals. And so I've done a lot of one-man shows. Yeah. And that was in order to kind of push uh, push myself into, can I write a show that has a beginning, middle, and end? Can I have a show that has some sort of um, emotion to it? Can I do a show where it's not, uh, where I'm not a slave to the punchline every you know 30 seconds or so which is very much what's expected in a comedy club but at a one-man show in the fringe world 
you can kind of broaden that out a lot. So I've done that in the last kind of five or six years to see just for myself, can I do that? Uh, and the, the answer I think was yes. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, and so, and I tried to do as many different types of comedy as I can. So I do, uh, I do the stand up, and then I do the the podcast, and then I also like host a show, and I do this game show, this live game show, and I also have a show where I like riff on old wrestling clips, and so. I try to do as many different we're, And we're going to link to all that on this so people can find your stuff because sure. it's, it's really funny. Um, do you, do you, if it was on my bucket list, I wanted to be a comedian. I wanted to try stand up comedy. Sure. Uh, before I die. What, do, now what? Uh, you got to have at least five minutes. Uh, you, even if it's just five minutes of you. So I write a talking. five minute monologue. Yeah. About re- lots of stuff or like, Stick to Korean barbecue. Well, if if you uh, you brought up I'm... Korean barbecue a couple times, so I, th- I feel did. like you've got it on the mind. I did. Um, I haven't eaten today. <laughs> but if if uh, write what you think is funny, like that's that that will never okay go done. Wrong. Now what? So then you got to book yourself a spot. Where you go to either uh, you know an open mic, open mic. And, uh, you Typical Canadian up. city or USA probably has one, yeah. Of the probably have many. Okay. Yeah. And usually the the thing is you have to show up and sign up. Yep. And then you you do your set, and if you liked it, if it went well, you do that again, and you just keep doing it. Bucket list thing done. That's right. It's that simple, eh? It's just that easy. Yeah. How many comics do you come across that are doing that for their first time? Do you do you, are you ever around Lots. someone? Yeah, there's always so it's a new thriving comedian. industry. Yeah? yeah, there's always always new comedians. That's great. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, I don't know why there's so many people that want to do it, but there's more comedy that exists now than ever before. Um, Graham, you're you're a really really funny guy. I I, I have loved your comedy forever, and we have never had a, a stand up comedian come on the show uh, before. So you're you're breaking new ground for us, and I really appreciate you sharing. The insights and, and the background. Will you come on another time and, and, and talk to us and let us know how things are going? Sure. Yeah. Um, you, Graham Clark, everybody, what a great comedian. Uh, there's so much. We're going to jam-pack uh, the comments of this this podcast. There, You can check out some great links and some stuff that Graham has mentioned. Uh, I won't even try to list all the different shows and things he's doing, but his podcast is, is hilarious. I just listened to uh, your most recent one, um, about three days ago, and uh, it, it's always on in our place. And you're one of the biggest ones here in Vancouver. Everybody loves it. So, tip of the hat to you. I hope Thank we can, you very if we much. can have any of your success, uh, we, we know we're doing something right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Graham Clark. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. Yeah. And uh, that's all she wrote. All right. Easy peasy. Yeah. Oh, nice.